Good afternoon. Uh, it's great to be here. I'd like to thank uh, Schengen Fund for the opportunity to uh, jointly organize uh, this seminar. My compliments to my colleagues in this panel, my compliments to all of you and to all of you listening to us through uh, social media. What I'm uh, going to do is to tell you uh, briefly about two big transformations that uh, happen in Brazil. One that already happened and another one which is already uh, uh, happening right now. Very briefly about the first big transformation that happened in our agriculture. As you, pro uh, as you certainly know, most of our territory is in the tropical belt of the world. It brings quite a lot of challenges to Brazil. Uh, our soils are very poor. Uh, farming in a tropical country like Brazil is not easy. Uh, the acidic soils are very concentrated in this uh, part of the tropical belt, so that was a huge challenge for us. But Brazil was able in this first uh, transformation to develop a model of agriculture heavily based in science, a lot of investment in science and knowledge, in capacity building, and if I can summarize in a nutshell, what Brazil was, being, was able to do to, to overcome uh, the big challenges that we had in the 70s and in, in the 80s, we have here in this slide. We've been able to transform our poor and acidic soils in fertile land. We've been able to tropicalize crops and animal production systems. And Brazil was able to produce also a platform of sustainable practices which is uh, not uh, matched by any other country around the world. Just to show you the transformation, this is a city called Sinop when it was uh, built in 1974, and this is the city of Sinop in 2015. The transformation of uh, uh, the interior of Brazil because of technology, because of this uh, big uh, transformation in agricultural production in our country was just amazing. As you've seen uh, in Nature, in The Economist, uh, in, in, in many other uh, uh, journals around uh, the world. Well, this was the first uh, big revolution in Brazil. We became a food secure country. Beyond that, we became capable of providing uh, food to many countries around the world. But we have uh, other challenges. We have the challenge of sustainability. We have the sustainable development goals. We have a changing expectation of society. Society is changing very fast. The demographic changes, uh, uh, the climate change, technology uh, advancing in a fast, very fast pace. All this brings us a lot of challenges. And Brazil is responding. We think that we are initiating in Brazil what I call a second big revolution uh, to bring sustainability or to move our agriculture towards sustainability. There are two uh, public policies in Brazil which are very powerful, which is, are being uh, put in place right now, our forestry code and our low carbon agricultural plan, which are initiating a second big revolution for agricultural production in, in Brazil. We have today control of our land that is protected in Brazil. I'll zip through very quickly here to show you the advances of the forestry code in Brazil. Today, we have control of the protected land within private farms. Brazil has this law, the forestry code, that makes it mandatory 
for farms to conserve biodiversity, to protect the, wa the water sources. This is a very powerful public law, which is helping us to move our agriculture towards a, uh, a, a level of sustainability that we still uh, didn't have. Because of that, Brazil has 66.3% of its territory protected. We use only, uh, this is equivalent to 48 countries in Europe, so Brazil is doing uh, its, uh, its homework in terms of protecting land, protecting biodiversity, protecting its uh, water sources. Only 30% of Brazil is farmed today. 66.3% of our territory is protected, and we want to keep it that way. So this is part of our second big revolution, the revolution of sustainability. When you compare to countries like U.S. or the other countries around the world, so we think that Brazil is in good shape in this, uh, in this regard. The low-carbon agriculture is another important mark of Brazil. We are disseminating technologies like the minimum and no-till system, nitrogen fixation. Only this technology here helps Brazil save $13 billion every year and avoid the emission of 62 million tons of CO2 equivalent by using uh, uh, nitrogen fixation in soybeans. So this is uh, a technology that is helping our crops to move faster towards sustainability. The recovery of the technologies that Embrapa is developing and disseminating for recovery of uh, degraded pastures, degraded land, we have now the second and third crops becoming more and more uh, common in Brazil. So we are in many parts of the country farming 360 days a year. So the intensification of land use is a reality. This is a way for us to gain efficiency and reduce pressure over the protected land, the protected environment, over our uh, biodiversity. Sustainable intensification is something that it came to stay. This slide, it's a bit complex, but if you look there, in many parts of Brazil, we can farm just like this. Plant soybeans in November, December. Uh, in February, we harvest soybeans and plant corn together with a grass. When you harvest corn in June, you already have a pasture ready to be grazed, and then you have a third crop of beef. And then you come with soybean again. This is uh, 360 days. Uh, uh, agriculture, the intensification of land use, and now we are bringing forestry into this system. Forestry is a powerful way for us to incorporate carbon and to offset the emissions, especially the emissions coming from cattle. Uh, the emissions in cattle is a big problem, so what we are doing is combining crop, livestock, and crop, livestock, and forestry as a way to offset the emissions coming, especially for, for capital. So this system is helping us to build uh, different concepts of uh, agricultural production in Brazil, not only beef, uh, but also crops. We can play, and the Embrapa is developing metrics to show how efficient this system is. For instance, to bring animal comfort. You imagine the animals under the trees in a tropical country, so you can eventually certify the products from these systems as products that take into account animal comfort, not only carbon. And uh, this kind of system is showing us the feasibility to certify the beef produ produced under such systems, integrating crop, livestock, forestry as a carbon neutral beef. The private sector in Brazil is 
quickly incorporating this uh, concept. We think that this is uh, the future, not only to produce carbon neutral beef, but eventually carbon neutral uh, 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 milk or carbon neutral uh, fish and other, other things by doing an intensified agriculture in an intensified way in, uh, in a manner that we can handle well uh, the carbon uh, cycle in favor of a more sustainable agriculture. By doing this, uh, Brazil is uh, uh, seeking new and creative ways to dialogue with what we think is the most powerful agenda for development in the world, the SDG agenda. Brazil is also seeking ways to take a full advantage of the multifunctional nature of agriculture, not only producing feed and fiber, Brazil is a huge producer of uh, sustainable energy coming from agriculture, but we are looking, and Brapa is looking also in this agenda to build the gap among food, nutrition, and health and to bring value to organic, to local, to diverse, to sell, to, 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 to save, to fresh food. We know emerging a new expectation from consumers, from uh, uh, urban society. So there are plenty of opportunities uh, uh, for us, for tropical agriculture, to take advantage of these trends. The environmental services and animal welfare. This is a good way for us to certify our products in the future with a distinct uh, value. Uh, an agriculture that is looking into uh, the agenda of society, the, the SDG agenda, and trying to respond to it. The biomass, the biomaterials, the green chemistry. In the tropics, it's fantastic our capacity to produce biomass with high efficiency, in high value, in, in high quantities, and with good logistics. And the, this last one I really love, uh, to connect food, culture, tradition, gastronomy, as society becomes more urban, richer, uh, older, uh, people want uh, new sensations with food, new flavors, uh, new uh, aromas, so plenty of, of opportunities for us to do a very uh, diversified uh, uh, production system to attend or to respond to these needs of society. So basically what we are looking for in this uh, second big uh, revolution in tropical agriculture coming from Brazil, and but we think it will impact uh, our countries in the tropical belt of the world, is to help our farmers, to help our, our agriculture to dialogue with the agenda of society. Again, a society that is uh, requiring more, that has lots of expectations in relation to sustainability, new kinds of foods, more diversity, safety, animal welfare, and all uh, the issues that you know very well. We think in Brazil that if we move uh, towards this concept, we will be in a good shape in 2030, which is uh, the horizon for the, uh, the UN 2030 agenda, and we will be in, in a good shape to face the huge challenges ahead in the horizon of, of 2050. So uh, that's, that's uh, uh, the way we are moving. In our favor, there is technology. It's amazing how technology, we have a, a new toolbox with all uh, the fantastic uh, tools of transformation technology, of automation, uh, entrepreneurship. There is a new way to uh, innovate. Uh, young entrepreneurs getting more and more interested in, uh, in the world of food and agriculture. So we have many challenges, Mike, but we have 
technology, we have good institutions, we have good partnerships such as the partnership of Embrapa with IFPRE, with USDA and its agencies. So that's the way we are planning to move into the future. That will be a future full of challenges but also full of opportunities. Thank you so much for your attention.